Ladies and gentlemen, hang on to your hat episode 26 with special guest Hugh Van Kylenberg. Bad Daddy, you're a naughty boy. These days, fatherhood is everywhere. You can't get away from it. Not the blokes haven't tried. If you're not a father, you've got a father. You're a son of a dad or a daughter of a bloke. But either way, being a dad is no picnic. The fear, the anger, the confusion and, well, the love, of course. (laughs) Derek Myers and Dan Lee, together with their special guests, are here to share the highs and lows, the joys and the agony of being a modern dad. But most of all, to let you know that you're not alone. (laughs) There it is. Now, (laughs) shut up, Dad. (laughs) We have our moment's silence during that. We all have to appreciate. Exactly. Mm. I I want to jump in first, and I said to Dan, I'm talking first because I know that Dan loves trying to get a bit of free advice off our guests, and I do too. (laughs) (laughs) So I do too. Uh, Welcome, Hugh, who is, well, I know as the, the chief. Of the chief, the resilience project. I've never been called that before, but I, I might the request chief. that from now Creator. on. The grand poobah, the, perhaps <laughs> the mastermind, yeah. chief. Oh, all those things are good. Whatever yeah. you want, just yeah, a yeah. guy from the resilience project. Also. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Chief head kicker. That's another good one. <laughs> it is in my in my uh, usual way. My research is whatever Dan's told me. <laughs> so there you go. The resilience project, which fascinates the shit out of me, mm. because. I've got an 11-year-old boy and a 9-year-old girl and it just feels like that is it every day, it. at least twice a day obstacle where What's, you just want to go, oh, for fuck's sake, yeah. you know, really is that a thing? Yeah. And, uh, well, it's, what should I do? That's funny because I've been running around Australia for oh, six years giving people advice on how to be resilient and then I had a child and all of a sudden I went oh actually <laughs> it just took on a whole that's when I actually needed it for the first time properly because mm. it is so hard yeah man <laughs> it's so hard yeah and I know and I listen to this podcast so I know what you guys struggle with and I love that and in this room we've got all different ages represented as kids so we've all got very different struggles but every age group every age seems to bring a different challenge mm. and something where I just think well this is what I talk about every day, resilience. So you better practice what you preach because yeah. you are under the pump right now. Yeah. And so ben, your son's how old? Uh, Benji is uh, – he'll be turning three oh, in a right. few months. So he's two and sort of three quarters at the moment. Oh. And he's destroying your life generally or, um, or tempting to? He's, no. um, wow, I shouldn't say – I've got to stop saying things No, like I actually want to preface – everything I say today, I want to preface by saying <laughs> I love him more than anything <laughs> I've ever loved before. Like locked he's, in. Locked yeah, in. so just, just don't edit that bit out. His I love knuckles him. are white <laughs> on, the, on the table. Like he's <laughs> so, holding on. So I'm just prefacing mm. everything I say with that, but he's certainly challenging us like yeah. never before. And some of them are really hard challenges. Some are very funny like – the really hard one at the moment, which I find really tough, is the way he treats Penny, my wife. Like, he's just, you know, he's pretty awful to her. Like, he's just, right. he's so rude to her. And he just, like, last night, she's looked after him all day. She says, I'll take her a bath. And he literally pushed her away and goes, no, I don't want you. I want dad. Mm. And she's, she's, she's shattered, you know, like, she's devastated. And that breaks my heart as well because I know how much it hurts her. So there's that. But then there's other <laughs> stuff like this morning, the challenge was just the embarrassment of, I woke up this morning, he was in bed with me and he's curled up in a ball, so his bum was on my shoulder. 
and he woke me with a massive fart on my, on my neck. Like he farted on my neck. I was like, well, that's an interesting way to wake up. And he thought it was very funny. So he pissed himself laughing. An hour later, my mother-in-law comes over to look after him for the day. Lovely lady. And just he was standing there and I said, what have, you, what have you been up to this morning, Benji? And he says to my mother-in-law, he said, when he gets excited, he starts the sentence with Andy. He was going, and, 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 and he kept saying, and I said, yeah, what happened? And he said, and this morning, he calls himself Binny. He can't say Benji. So he said, and, and this morning, Dada farted on Binny's neck. And I was oh. like, whoa, whoa, no, no, no. It was the other way around. That's not what happened. That's not what happened. <laughs> Let's go to the uh, video yeah. camera. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's all, every, like, you know, some challenges are emotionally, they're heartbreaking. Others are just embarrassing. Let me, let me tell you this thing this morning, right? So last night when I was trying to fix the, the, the where the washing machine pipe goes into the pipe underneath which the sink, which is very difficult, right? Because yeah. it gets blocked up with yeah. stuff, right? So, but I accidentally broke it off, which means that there was a big hole in the pipe under yeah. the this under the sink in the laundry. So this morning, we had a surprise pants shit. Like just before kinder, like, which he doesn't generally do. Is he oh, still in- Sammy. Oh, Sammy. Sammy. Clarify that. Come on, mate. Sorry, darling. Shoot my pants again. So, anyway, so I and is he and in I, nappy still, or he's not? No, nappy? no, no. He's oh, like right, he's okay. four and a half. He goes oh, course, to kinder. Yeah, okay. I'm sorry, Sammy. Future Sammy, hearing this, but this, you know, every now and then they just. I think it's. Um, Personally, I think there's a little regression because of Luna getting so much attention because he kind of loathes her at the moment. He's right. like, I want to put her in the bin. Get rid of it. Yeah. Get it out. Yeah. He's like this. So I think he might be shitting because he seems gleeful about shitting in his pants a little bit. Like the- <laughs> bit of attention. Because <laughs> and- the older kids shitting their pants is really unpleasant. Like it's unpleasant at the best of times. But anyway, so I, I'm going, oh, <laughs> the food for varieties fuck's are great, sake. <laughs> I'm for fuck's sake. Or trying to not say that. And then I, and I go to the laundry to wash the shit out of his undies. Yeah. And I've forgotten about the hole under the sink. <laughs> So, oh, I'm, no. so I'm standing there Did you going, have your white oh. Dunlop volleys up? And it's all just pouring out onto the floor. And I went, oh, for fuck's sake. Get some video cameras around that like, house, isn't Dan, that, for like, God's sake. How often do you say that, though, as a dad? Oh, for fuck's sake. You, it's <laughs> like, I've never said it so much in my life about having the next last two and three quarter years. It's, I know, and I sometimes say it to, to him, you know, like, I, I can't help it. Yeah. And he goes... You just said fuck. Does he and say I go, too? I know, I know, I shouldn't say fuck. But I've t- I've told him he shouldn't say fuck in front of his grandmother and at other places. You know, I told him a lot of people don't like it. <laughs> it's hard because I like swearing and I don't. Uh, well, like, well, and you know what? He doesn't use it. At, I say you can use it at home. Yeah. I probably shouldn't. <laughs> I told you about um, baby Tom. He sliced his leg really right open, full big scar. Gory, I wasn't there. <laughs> I would right? have fainted. He told me, he said, oh, I sat there. And I said, did you cry and everything? He goes, oh, just sat there. And and all the grown-ups came over and they all looked kind of worried. And and I just said, and he looked at me like it was a – we used to call him Edward the Confessor because he, yeah. he just like blah, <laughs> just confesses everything. He's going, I did swear a bit. <laughs> I said, oh, yeah, how'd you go? He, just, I, he said, it was awesome. I just went – Oh fuck! Oh fuck! Oh fuck! Oh fuck! How old are you? Oh, he's sounding like Jack he's Thompson at the time, and he just kept throwing out, and he kept telling me, and, and he was, and he was going, and it was, it was awesome. They just, it was like they didn't even hear me because they were all ghosted out, yeah, terrified because right. there was just this gory kind of situation. And then I realised he's just, he's just played me as well. Yeah, because yeah. he's counting how many times he's got away with telling, yeah, exactly, yeah, telling me the story. Like, oh, you know, mate, I, it's not that important. I think I think you should warn Penny too, perhaps that 
it cannot sometimes happen that your child will come to you and say, I don't love you and I will never love you. So just so that she knows that might happen, because it's happened to me and it's happened to a few people I know and there's no way to uh, cope with that very well. And obviously they're just trying things out. So just don't be shocked if they say that because apparently they don't mean it. Yeah, I think that's (laughs) the one thing I've I've learned is that you just be you can't like yeah. Even people saying when we first started having a baby, they they were saying, "Oh, well, nothing will prepare you for." And I was like, "Well, I know I'm not going to get sleep. I know it's going to be hard, but I had no idea how hard. Like I really." And you get the first few months, it's in this bubble of excitement and love, and you sort of just push your way through it. But then. I'm like, I kept going, well, when he gets older, it'll get easier. When he can walk, it'll be easier. Now, it's just two and a half. He's mm. just, he can't sit still, so you can't do anything you want to do. Yeah. It's just, it's, and I mean, I feel bad saying this because I've got one, you know, like I've, and we do have a second on the way, so we're due in Feb. So we've got a girl coming in <laughs> Feb, which Benji wasn't happy about, but- um, That'll uh, be fun. Oh, that's right. Tell him what he said. That's so oh, funny. Oh, yeah. So we, so we, <laughs> we said we're having a baby and he was- he was pretty flat about that. Like he was genuinely upset about that, which is I understand. Mm. And then he said, but he seemed to want the idea of having a brother. He said, okay, I'll have a brother. As if oh, like, no. he's like, okay, well, you can have a baby, but as long as you make it a boy. And then we found it was a girl and I told him, I said, mate, we're having a girl. And I, he was pretty disappointed. I said, do you have, any, do you have a name? Like we, we'd love your help. You could help us name your sister. What do you want to call her? And he said, <laughs> I'll call her brother. <laughs> and so, and I went, no, it's a girl. Good and he, workaround, buddy. Yeah, no. And I said, but it's a girl, mate. What, any any other names? And he said, lady brother. <laughs> so, we, so oh, his sister's going to be called lady brother. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, but see, uh, that's a funny thing. That lady brother will come up throughout her life now. Oh, definitely. Like, all, all the kids, the second borns were given some kind of name by the first born. But, yeah, that's and it. It could be lady brother. Yeah, it comes thing. back. So 21st. Speech thing. <laughs> Magnificent you know? how, you know, the, 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 uh, whoever designed us designed, to, designed us to forget all this shit. Oh, That's totally. Magnificent. Yeah. How many people, when you had a, a newborn baby, came up to you, all genders, all ages, and said, remember this, treasure it, because you won't remember. Yeah, it's true. It's and they say it to you over and over and over again. Well, the fact that you want to do it again is proof that you forget. <laughs> it, it's Absolute proof. I mean, Penny's. Penny's. I mean, the, the actual birth was the most traumatic thing. I've, Penny was really <laughs> yeah. had some awful. Oh, that's twenty right, hours yeah. of like she, uh, really some pretty full on stuff happened to her. Mm. And I remember the first the first night we got to ourselves, which was three nights after Benji was born. Penny's parents said, "We'll look after Benji. Go out for dinner together." And we sat there and we tried to relive and talk about the. And we both just cried the whole time oh, through happiness, God. but then also the trauma of it, and mm. then. For months, we're like, oh, we can never do that again. That was, t-. And then we've just kind of forgotten about it. And I said to Penny, do you remember how bad it is? And she said, I know it was bad, but to be honest, I, don't, I just don't remember yeah. how or what happened. Like, mm. There's biology was- for you, man. That's yeah. the meaning of life, isn't it? it? The meaning of life is to breed. Whether, you know, that's what biology wants you to do. Yeah, I, You get this huge case of you're not the boss of me. I, I know I do when I go... Oh my God! The system is making me want to do this again. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. go. That's not fair. You're not the boss of me. And you yeah. go, oh, well, you are. Well, you are. Because old school body, you just—it's going to happen yeah. again. Yeah. And there's only one thing I remember is the, the advice. I, I haven't got much advice. Hang on to your hat, being the main one. Mm. But um, that's the best advice. Yeah. With the new baby, do you remember? Do you remember this one? I was. <clears throat> um, we gave. The. The existing child, let's call it, or the, the oldest yeah. one, right? The heir. 
gets a present from the new baby. Yeah, yeah, we did that. Oh, I don't know that's if that's clever idea. or not. That's a great but idea. But I was saying, and, and you and it and it. They get a positive. Uh, they get a bit of a positive vibe from this little that's a baby that's going to draw all the love from the parents. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but it came bearing gifts. That's good. Yeah. If your firstborn's pretty sharp and you bring a big, you know, trampoline in or something, you'll be like, "What the fuck is going on?" No, no, no. It's just a present. Here's two tickets to Disney. This though. is fucked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this baby's never. They do. You can see Mom, when they I'm know 17. it's not leaving. Like, <laughs> yeah. like Sammy got to a point with Luna, you could see in his eyes this thing going, "Oh my god, it's not fucking going away. This is it? This yeah. is staying." Mm. And then the the, the blatant kicking starts you, and all that stuff. Do you, do you fantasize about a time in the future where they'll be best mates and they'll? Well, do you yeah. think about that, or is uh, it too far away to even think about? No, no, about we it? do. You do. You do. Well, I do. Yeah. Mm. When, when they're let, battering each other. And right? let me tell you. <laughs> Really is heartwarming when, when you, you see, see it start them. to happen. You know, if they if we're walking through Northlands or something like that, and they just for some weird reason out of the blue, they're just arm in arm, oh. just walking along, having a oh, stop it. You <laughs> just <laughs> you just fall to pieces. I, d- oh. I take photos. Really, yeah, I just absolutely. Go, I'm like quick, That's and then people are like security. What's this guy doing? It really does want that, and it does happen. But they act like they. Absolutely fucking hate each other. When Derek goes to Northlands, he has to put a suit on, otherwise they think he's abducted these children because he's so scruffy looking. Like, Look at that scruffy guy with two kids. <laughs> no, I'm their father. <laughs> I just, I usually just tell him I'm the grandfather. It's a lot, it's a lot easier. We had a similar one. Uh, there's a park in Mornington near where we used to live, and I'd take Benji there. And at the base of all the play equipment, there's a little. It's a ship, so like it's a, a wooden ship. Yeah, yeah, and I know. At the, yeah, mm. so at the bottom of the ship, you can, there's a little door you can go through and you sit there and I can just fit, like I can just cram and there's a little bench there. Benji and I sit next to each other. I remember one day some parents, this little girl came in, she was about probably two, and I started chatting to her and this dad and mum popped their head in the window. They couldn't see Benji. They went, excuse me? And I went, oh, my son's in here. My, my son's in here. So this like 38-year-old man sitting under, just talking to this little kid. And I was like, I promise my son's here. How are you doing? And he went really quiet. I was like, Benji, say something. What's your name? Huh? Yeah. I've just been sitting around here. They, are, they do. They are a handy little token to do some... Child to creep around. Well, well, yeah, childlike, maybe stuff. not right, okay. childlike. <laughs> you can really, you know, I'll tell you what eat they do. some bad food I, I, and do yeah. some bad things. Well, well, that's true. And the other thing they do is they, I've found like one of the things we talk about with work is how powerful connection is for your mental health. I just talk to everyone now. Like, if I go for a walk by myself, I can't stop and speak to people. Like mm. it's weird. <laughs> like you can't. But with a kid, with a two and yes, a half year old, I'm yeah. walking around with him and people, old ladies will stop and go, "Oh, he's really cute." Um, and I'll say, thanks, what about Benji? <laughs> no, um, no, but we'll just start talking. We have those conversations that yeah. that you wouldn't usually have. And I love that. I really yeah. love that. Because it's, it's a, like a flag for you that says you're safe. Yeah, it totally. Because you've got a kid with you. The other you time know? I had that was when I was on crutches. When I snapped my hamstring on crutches, everyone talks to you. And I was like, oh, what happened? And you have those mm. lovely conversations. Mm. And I remember oh. thinking, that that was nice <clears> when I – and then I have a son and it's the same thing. Everyone stops to talk to you and I love it. I had to, When I was in New York, when, when Missy was touring – so she went up and down the East Coast and I stayed in, in Manhattan with Sammy and he was one or just or about one. Was that pretty awesome? You know, well, it was – it was sucked a little bit in that I couldn't go to all yeah. of the things I wanted to because yeah. they weren't kid appropriate and they were at night. But I went to mainly playgrounds and parks yeah. and things. But the upside of it uh, was that 
when you're walking around with a, a one-year-old that's cute looking or just any one-year-old probably, even the ugly ones, um, they, they, people talk to you, as you say, you know. Like people, like, and, and so women will talk to you on the train and on the subway, whereas, yeah. you know, if you were just a, a, a 40-year-old bloke, no one's going to talk to you. So I met all sorts of people yeah, and they, gave, nice, they said, oh, you should go to this thing and that thing. Yeah. And I, so I, I feel like I really got to know those New Yorkers in a way yeah. that I, I wouldn't ordinarily. It's funny, it's, it's funny you say that. New York's actually the place where I, for the first time in my life, had this huge desire to have kids. And it was because I would have been, I hadn't even met Penny yet, so I was single, but um, I was with a mate and we'd been for a bike ride, I think. And underneath the, the Brooklyn Bridge, I think there's a nice little park. And I saw a guy who would have been maybe about 40 and he had two twins with him. Now, it looked, now knowing what it's like, it would have been nothing like that, but it looked so, he had one sleeping on his chest, the other one running around. Right. I can't remember how old they were exactly, but. And I chatted to him. I said, oh, that looks pretty good. And he said, yeah, my wife's um, – I don't work. My wife's working full time. I said, sort of look after the kids. And he looked so happy. I was like, oh, my God, I want that so much. Yeah, right. Now knowing how hard it is to have one, I, I, I can't even imagine what it, how hard it really was for him. But that's the first time I went, I would like to have kids. Yeah, It was right. in New York. It was a, it was a yeah, similar yeah. – um, And it was twins. It was twins. Holy I, cow. Um, it's amazing that, that that did it, twins especially. But it, it wasn't a representation. It was one was asleep, yeah. one was just walking around happily. Just yeah. I'm sure the second I turned it's around, it's two weeks it was of uh, sunny weather on a Scottish holiday. Yeah. Like, oh, let's move here. That's yeah. what my wife is like. Everyone's like, well, you do understand. <laughs> yeah. This is not real. Save yourselves. Get, Get back on the boat. <laughs> exactly. Um, the the second child though too. I just remembering what you're saying about having one coming. Um, the, you know, like all the same things start to happen. You go, oh, and you remember. Oh, I remember this from last time. The difference is, it's like I'm oh, not this again. <laughs> it's yeah, not like, yeah. You're like, oh, for fuck's sake! Like it was cute the first time. Some yeah. of that, some of that stuff. But then on the other hand, you don't you don't fret about it as much. So my question so to both of you is: is having two twice as hard as having one. No, it's about four, four or times five times. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> that felt good, Dan. You did you did it felt so good. Both of you said no straight away, so I thought the answer was no, it's not. It's actually like, but no, it's four it or five times. It is a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. No, look, no, I'm right. a nightmare. That's what, – what, what, what has happened, as you know anyway, is that, that, that I've – the second one for me came and created a, lev a level of chaos in the house um, that highlighted my inability to focus on more than one thing at once. Right, so, okay. what, so what it does do is it just shows you where if you've got existing mental health problems um, or, or brain types, it's going to kind of point it out to me straight away. Like I, I've, I've gone and had a lot of therapy since the second one and I think it's just because suddenly – there's noise coming from two directions, so I've I've realised yeah. stuff about what I can and can't cope with. Yeah. So I got I reached my limit with the yep. second one for reasons that were to do with me and not to yep. do with them. Yep, understand. And so now I've got to put things in place, which I should do anyway yeah. for my own mental health and resilient. You get, resilient. You get oh, my belief is that you don't, as I say all the time, you don't. It doesn't get easier. You get more broken. <laughs> but maybe we'll adapt it for today. You get more resilient for now. Well, let's call resilient instead of broken. Uh, you, he could have a sister <laughs> yeah. program to yours. Like everywhere you appear, he'll I'll book the, the venue next people. door. <laughs> Fuck that guy. He reckons it's going to be all right? No way. You're fucked, mate. He's but only you, got one kid. Don't listen to him. I think I was all right. Yeah, it was full on. But I'd already let go of any. Because I was an old dad. You're clearly not. 
but Dan's a reasonably <laughs> old dad. But you're kind of already tired. You, yeah. you might be physically tired, but also a lot of things are said and done. So you're not resenting a lifestyle or anything yeah. like that. You're not well, going, that's, that's the same as me. I, I don't, uh, yeah. I feel how very are you happy. Gonna, how are you going to pull back your because your your um career your job yeah, your your passion is on. becoming huge and bec- like well it's not really your career is it I, is it? I call it a, oh, I don't know it, it's it, what you love to do like yeah, it's come it so out of much. your yeah need to it's, yeah it, I started the resilience project because my sister had a mental illness that was just it was anorexia nervosa and, and it kind of stopped our family a very happy family being happy stopped yeah. us being happy so I became as a teenager, I was like, oh, how do I make mum and dad happy again? And I became fascinated by that. And I didn't find an answer to what makes people happy. I felt till I was 28, and it's a long story, but I, I discovered a few things that we can do that make us feel happier. And then all of a sudden, I started telling primary school kids about it, and they loved it. And then school mm. said, you should tell teachers about it. So I told teachers. And then all of a sudden, now it's this thing where, like, it's, you know, sell-out shows around the country, and it's, it's everywhere. Mm. So... And we're fully booked for like a year in advance. And then yeah, Penny says, Penny says we're having another baby. And I went, I was so happy. And then I went, right. shit, how's this going to work? Like, <laughs> not how's it going to work. I know it's going to work. But like, I've already booked these talks in a year ago. I don't have to tell people I'm not coming or do it. And Penny's like, yeah, of course you are. <laughs> like, you can. I went, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know, what's, I don't know how it's going to work. I'm sure it'll, it'll find a way. But I've actually found yeah. myself going from the second I found out having a second. I've found the last two and a half years extremely hard. Like, emotionally physically I'm, mm. I'm exhausted all the time as every every parent is and then the second i found out there's two coming i went oh no this is actually relaxing i've just got one i still do get a bit of time to myself occasionally so i'm gonna love the next nine months so much and just enjoy this mm. and i feel like in my head i'm going and then i'm just gonna give up and go well i lose <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's not about me anymore you know it's like pick up the pieces in the future sometime yeah yeah and don't get me wrong i cannot wait to meet our daughter it's gonna be amazing it's yeah. just um i think i've resign myself to the fact that, my gosh, it is going to be hard. Look, a lot of people, I know we really enjoyed that that joke saying it's four yeah, times as hard. Yeah, we shouldn't do that. That's but terrible. It might not I'm be. I'm sorry. Yeah, it, it might, might not be. be. It might <laughs> be easier. Hey, it's okay. You have to apologize. You, <laughs> <laughs> you never know. I don't, I don't know how on earth it would be easier, but yeah. Well, That's some crazy shit, man, though, isn't it? And, you know, it's lucky you love them. Do you think that at some stage, the because of the whole resilience thing, um, and that's your career. You're, mm. you, you're going gangbusters and all that. Is it is ha- having to be put yourself under this huge pressure? Is that kind of a part of this kind of some kind of part of this journey? Yeah. To then come out going right, I'm now. Well, yeah, the I, boss had, of this I had stages last year where I was just I couldn't. I've never felt like that before. But it was at Benji's. He doesn't sleep like he's been. He hasn't probably slept through the night yet and mm. you know so we have had terrible yeah, right. like we've had wow. shocking issues with yeah. sleep where you know we might i was running i was doing two or three talks a day like big presentations to big audiences on two or three hours sleep mm. because Jesus. i didn't want penny to be by herself getting up every night so i was getting up as well and there was one night i'd done three talks for the day on about two or three hours sleep and it was like a few months building up and i went to do a talk to 300 parents at a school and in the car on the way out there, I got really dizzy. I was like, oh, that's weird. I feel really dizzy. But then it went away and then I'm talking to them. This is to your question, exactly your point. Yeah. I'm talking to them. I started to get this really unfamiliar dizziness. I was like, oh, this is strange. But then I thought, no, I'm talking about resilience. I'm going to keep going. This would be a cool story. Mm. And then my vision started to go really blurry. And I was like, shit, I can't see properly. 
no, nah, this would be an even better story. I'm still going. Like, I'm still uh, yeah. talking. And then I couldn't see. I went completely <clears throat> blank. Jeez. And I was like, fuck, this is an amazing story. I've oh. gone blind and I'm still talking. So I'm up there yeah. going. So, and then I just collapsed and I, yeah. I went back oh, wow. and, and, I, and I was taken to emergency. And it was <laughs> the doctor saying like, I explained my job and he said, I think it's like you've got an injury from public speaking. Like you're doing too wow. much of like – you're just doing too much and you're not sleeping. And, and it was just an exhaustion. I collapsed from exhaustion in front of – I'd called on all my reserves and there's nothing left. And um, that to me was like you've got to – my mum always says to me, it's all very well you running around the country helping people, but who's looking after you? Who's looking after yeah. your mental health? And Yeah, you've got to get high on your own supply yeah, at some stage. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you – I mean how what, – what are you – what do you think about that? What, what do you have you got some plans? Um, I'm, for- yeah, I'm good now. Like I've I've I hired this guy called Ben, who's our um, general manager, and he's the thing was, mate, can you really, from a business point of view, sort out the resilience project because we are that in demand, it's ridiculous. So I want to make sure we really make mm. hay while the sun shines, mm. but also can you look after me? And he said, yeah. And he has put in so much effort to make sure I'm. I never do. I rarely do more than one talk a day. Um, and I've put, I do stuff now that I have to do for my mental health. And for yeah. me, it's mainly exercise. That's what, yeah, I, I did something really weird, which I don't know if any other, well, I know no, no other 39 year olds in Victoria do this. I started competing in athletics for 400 meters and I know I'm the only reason because I competed in the, in the Victorian masters championships <laughs> and I got to the day and I was like, cause all throughout the season you compete against early men in their early 20s, I get my ass kicked every weekend, but yeah. I train all week for it and I take it really seriously. I don't tell many people, but I take it very seriously. I've got so fit from it and I love it. But then I turned up to the Masters and they're like, they read it. Okay, they said, okay, Victorian Masters championships, state championships for men aged 35 to 40, lane one, Hugh Van Kylenberg. And there was a pause and he goes, oh, that's it. You're running by yourself. There's no one else here. <laughs> <laughs> and so I went, well, that's a gold medal, you beauty. So I ran the race by myself, won a gold medal, got on a podium by myself. <laughs> I'm like waving to Penny. She's like, "You're a fucking idiot." Take the, Brad- take the Bradbury every day. Yeah, of the that's week. it. That's oh. exactly what it was. So. Hey, you're onto something there. Yeah. We, we, people could be doing this yeah. in all sorts. Yeah. Of One fields. of my mates said to me, "What other events are there? And what? What? Uh, who's not competing in them?" So <laughs> yeah. anyway, it's a long story to answer your question, but I've found that exercising to me yeah. daily, with a bit of a plan to sort of compete at some point to hold me accountable to it has been massive and sometimes I get up at like 5.30 in the morning, I go and do all my training and I'm done by 6.37 in the morning or getting out of bed at the time is awful but I get home and I just feel nothing could stop me then. Like I'm like, I've got out of bed at 5.30 and it's three degrees and I've just run in the rain looking after a baby that's crying. That's nothing. Like I've just done that and I feel so good about myself. I don't do it all the time but when I do, my gosh, I feel better and I, for for me, I'm not saying everyone should go and exercise at 5.30 in the morning but yeah. Good, when, but, but when you, <laughs> <laughs> but I heard a saying the other day which I love, and I think it was uh, when you win the morning, you win the day. And I found that if I can get up before Benji and get some stuff done, so I feel on top of yeah my I mental that. health, yeah. it really helps. What do yeah. you think about the idea of finding your own, fi- like finding your own thing, and then sort of working that? I mean, I'm doing it. Dan and I are doing it. We we, we, we discovered like by accident if we sit here. We don't have to be blokey or uncomfortable about spilling our guts because yeah. we've got microphones. We've got microphones, and we're doing we're making a product, yeah. right? And that's fantastic. And you found it works. So we'll get to your show in a minute. Yeah. But um, and I found that that now I'm doing another one uh, about being fat guy called the the good paddock. 
And and that's the same format. I'm finding yeah. dudes are coming in, big dudes, and we're talking about our journeys. Yeah. And it's fantastic. And now I'm doing, the, you know, like working it all in because I'm obsessed with podcasting, just going, fuck it. I don't care what anyone says. And they might tease me about it, you know, And uh, but I'm just working everything I need to do into this, becoming a better dad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. but, you know, sorting out my health and all that in that field. Well, so with the I think you're onto a, it's a, you're onto, there are so many things you're doing, like through this podcast, which are great for people listening, but it ticks so many boxes as far as your well-being. Like it's, and Dan and I have discussed this before, but it's kind of like a purpose. Like it's something you think about during the week when you're not here that makes you feel happy when you think about it. When you think, yeah. oh, I've got the podcast coming up, that that makes you feel happy because you're sort of fulfilling a purpose. And often a purpose, a really fulfilling one is about, it's for other people as well. Like you're, yeah. like I listen to your podcast and I feel better about myself because I think I'm not the only one struggling. Mm. So there's that. But then there's also you guys make yourself really vulnerable. And when you make yourself vulnerable, it brings enormous amounts of joy. And that's yeah. what you do. Like your podcast is doing so many things that tick off, you know, things that we know are good for us, mm. research-based things that are good for us. So, um, yeah, it's it's doing something with that really speaks to a bigger purpose is huge. The vulnerability means a lot to me. <clears throat> it, it helps me so much when I hear people do that. If you hear someone in podcasts just sort of open up about something, it suddenly changes your whole yeah. outlook, doesn't it? Because you're not alone. You, you, you're also, we're all on this, you're suddenly all in the same boat together. It does an amazing thing. We have people. this thing in Australia, like <clears throat> this massive shame epidemic where due to a whole lot of varieties, we all carry shame about. We all feel shame about something. And I think when you make yourself vulnerable and you discuss that stuff, you open yourself up to the other end of the spectrum, which is empathy, where... Mm. You know, people know how to treat you and know you, they warm to you because you've made yourself vulnerable. And they, mm. you know, like you, like Missy tells me about your podcast, and I listened to it that night. And I was like, I love these guys because mm. you just made yourself really vulnerable. And that's, it opens you up to love as well. Like it's, it's huge. But we're not good at it in Australia. We find it a hard thing to do for a whole variety of reasons. But it's, but your podcast, your podcast hits on, so many little touch points that we know are, are good for mental health. All right, that's um, good. That's good, oh, that's good. That is good, yeah. <laughs> Whether it was an accident it's, or by design. <laughs> well, you've, it's you've... funny. Like, I think it's, for me, it started from trying to be funny, Yeah. ironically. Like, yeah. like it started, like, if you make yourself vulnerable, well, see, because it can go the other way. I, I was using it destructively when I was doing stand-up and drinking a lot and because and, mm. I'd go and behave very badly mm. and do stuff that I was ashamed of and then I'd come in and make a joke of it. I'd, I'd, I'd admit, I'd confess to stuff, but it was this perverse way of justifying terrible behaviour that I right. would then continue. Okay. Yeah. But what it did do was make me go, <laughs> have like, not mind telling people the truth. Yeah. But then I but then it definitely did swap and then and then I I know that if you're well you it's like your your conversation about uh the the bartender. Yes. Or is that kind of like that? I can't remember. But it's like you you it just opens so much up to 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 yeah. connection with someone. If you suddenly if you just say something honest. Yeah. I totally it changes like it. everything. The, the story about the bartender <clears throat> is just that I didn't take my phone. I'm trying not to yeah. take my phone places and I left it at home and I was having a beer with a mate and my mate went to the toilet and because I didn't have a phone, I actually spoke to someone and the bartender told me that he was battling because he was going through a breakup. Yeah. I automatically, and I could tell he was, in a bit, he was having a bit of a shit one just from his mood. So when he served us, I was like, 
I was like, what an asshole. Not an asshole, but I was like, mate, what's up? Right? Like, yeah, no just like, you. yeah, yeah. So, and then he says, I'm going through a breakup. And I felt enormous compassion for him and love for him. And I've been through a horrific breakup, horrific. And so straight away, I was like, oh, poor bus. And I felt for him. We chatted and we really bonded over it because he made himself vulnerable. If he didn't, if he just said, yeah, I'm fine, why? Then. I'm like, oh, whatever, mate. Like, get over yourself. You know, I've found that even with people that I I really don't like. AA's <clears throat> are great. I mean, I I I, yeah. I I got sober, and and going to sort of meetings where you've got people from all different walks of life, people, guys that I would be scared of ordinarily. Yeah. And I mightn't even like their demeanour when I meet them, but then they sit down and they start talking and they say something really vulnerable. And you suddenly have this love. Yeah, I totally. It, the way they physically look changes yeah. to you. Like a, a menacing look turns into the the face of someone suffering and, and, and the compassion you have for that rather than being fearful of their kind of frightening yeah. appearance. You suddenly go, wow, this is a guy with a life yeah. who's who's gone through hardship. And, and everyone's got a story. We've it's all got fuck, a story. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, I've found that with the – I do a lot of work with the Port Adelaide Football Club in the AFL and they – I just got up and told them my story to start the session and then quite a few of them said, can I chat to you one-on-one? It was like 11 of them and they all came in and sat down and just told me their, their story. Yeah. And Port Adelaide is a club I don't <clears> usually – I didn't really like them because they're from Adelaide basically and I'm a Hawthorne supporter. <laughs> Fair enough. And, uh, and so I just didn't. And then all of a sudden, these boys told me their stories and I loved them. Like I can actually say, I love these boys. Yeah. And they played Hawthorne the other day and I realised I was breaking for Port Adelaide even though I'm a Hawthorne supporter I was like this is weird what the fuck's going on here and I was like no it's because I love these boys because they made themselves vulnerable they shared their story and I, and I have so much love for them so you can change people's allegiance with with vulnerability <laughs> yeah pretty so, much but this is what you could use this in as, a, as a, a, a new hippie method of warfare instead of going and shooting people you just go up to people on the battlefield and say hug you know what? <laughs> yeah hug no, but you know what I mean. Like, there's, yeah. you can change, shift people's. Um, I've seen it with documentaries about white supremacists and stuff. When people go in, who was it? Uh, maybe it was Louis Theroux or so, yeah. someone yep. went in and, and some hard. You can see that they're suffering for, for, and that's their views have come out of some grievance or suffering they've had. And I know maybe it was a woman. Who was it? Ah, she and just by op- opening up to them, and they just. Stopped being Nazis. Well, that's why. <laughs> it's well, weird. That, that's to that point. I, mm. I've always thought we need more female <clears throat> leaders in the world because women uh, are better at that. Totally. And rather than two men like having this ego off around yeah. from two different competing nations, yeah, yeah, you get two women together. I feel like they're going to be more vulnerable with each other. Someone said the other day, Tim, would you ever get in politics? And I was like, I think I'd be bad because I'd meet another world leader and say. I'll be really honest, like, we don't know what the fuck we're doing with our military <laughs> stuff. Like, we're really battling with this. Like, yeah. And then they'd go, oh, yeah, now so are we. And then, but they wouldn't do that, you know. Yeah. But I often think we just need more. The answer to that is we need more female leaders around the world. You haven't watched Veep, have you? No, no, I haven't. <laughs> Penny has. Penny's upset. Penny loves it's it, so but I, I think I need You're to. You're right. Look, that's one. I, I've, I've, I've said that a lot. I've said I think, like, in terms of um, gender equality in in – in the workplace and all that sort of stuff, the one place where I think it should be mandatory for there to be eighty percent women is politics. Totally. Like, it, otherwise, I think it should be on merit, really. And yeah. you, I don't, not interested in quotering, but except for politics. If yeah. there's an imbalance, a world class historical imbalance, hmm. then it can only be there for the wrong reasons. 
using the wrong techniques. Like if 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 women don't get to be in charge for decades, centuries, mm. then it 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 must be by force and sneaky evil shit to stop well, it being there. That's that's my theory. It's maybe, dramatic. Maybe. Relative, but then there's also some, some to parenthood. <laughs> but some areas women and men naturally favor over others. It's not all about you know what I mean? Like like some jobs, no matter what you do, they're going to be heavy on men mm. and and others on women. Um, but but you've got but the opportunity needs to be equal and and made available. Yeah. Like women and men need to all have the exact like total um, encouragement and ability to be that stuff. But I'm saying yeah. the, the, anyway. the, the 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 manifestation of inequality and right. all the all the leadership and all the corporates and everything everywhere mm. is kind of like a version of how Kim Jong-un takes care of business. You know what I mean? Like it's just get rid of any possible enemies, keep it down. Well, some of it, it, it does look like a very unpleasant place to be as a woman in politics in Australia. It looks, oh, like, yeah. it's, it looks like it's awful. The stories you hear coming out and the – they just sound like disgusting. And imagine men. being asked like, about your hair the all the time. They're the worst kids in the private yeah. school. Fuck. Yeah, totally. It's dreadful. It's disgusting. Yeah. No wonder. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> children. <laughs> so, but hey, listen, because the extraordinary thing is that you went to India and like to to be to sort of yeah. cut a long story short. But the kids that you encountered that, that were very poor had yeah. a different um, approach to life and a different sort mm. of. Um, like to do with gratitude and what what they appreciated in yeah. life and were, were less mentally ill, if at all, than, than, well, than just, kids in Australia. And yeah, like, I obviously didn't have access to any data or surveys yeah. on the mental health of these kids, but as a teacher, I'd spent four years in schools in Australia, then I came back and taught for two years after I returned and now I've visited over a 1,000 schools in the country in the last eight years. So I've spent a lot of time in schools with kids mm. and then – I was only in India for three months. In, sorry, I was only in this village teaching for three months, but I still claim I've never seen joy like it. I've never seen a happier community in my yeah. entire life. And these kids, the three things I saw them do were that the first one was they were so grateful for the things that they had. And I'm talking about like shoes, clothes, a river where they could go and get water from. You know, they were so grateful for that stuff. For the stuff they already had. Yeah, they thought it was – they were just like – they were proud of it. They were proud they had a river to go and get water from, you know. Mm. Um, they did a form of meditation every morning for like half an hour before school and they were just so kind. They were always doing things for each other and there's no competition. There was no – I didn't see the behaviour you see in schools in Australia around bullying and around – it's just beautiful kids who are just um, – so it was totally different to what I'd seen here. Yeah. Um, and it was uh, very life changing to see them. So you got this massive contrast. Yeah, and it- I did. It was it was, and then I actually came back and taught at a, at a. I don't know why I did this, but a very wealthy private school in Melbourne, and I just like this school that's put a lot of money into a well being program, and I just saw these kids that were just it was too much of a reverse culture shock. I was like, mm. these kids are so entitled, and they. And the smallest things just throw them off kilter completely because uh, yet I'm seeing these kids in in India who sleep on the side of the road and they're just like they just roll with the punches, you know. That's just things go wrong. Yeah, that's that's life. Do you think? Because <clears throat> I, I I often I mean look I'm opposed to um, social media and all that yeah. stuff and it is the thalidomide of our generation. Yeah. I think as you like you've you've talked about the dangers of that and yeah. the, the problem that we're going to see yeah. as a result of that. And but do, do you think that? Um, Part of it needs to be teaching people how to be resilient about 
the existing, like rather than banning the internet, for example, yeah. we need to help um, kids to uh, cope with and see stuff for what it really yeah. represents. Like, for example, when you get abuse, like when Missy gets hassle on on social media, she has to work very hard to remember that this is one person out yeah. of 50 or 100 yeah. or whatever and put that it into that. It's just that you can hear the contents of their head when, you yeah. know what I mean, and be able to put it in. So there needs to be some training in that too. Mm. In, in, yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's a fascinating one because the, I mean, ten, I feel like we've got to, it's hard to educate the kids when you don't know what's coming next. Like yeah. 15 years ago, <clears throat> We didn't know what – if someone said, what's the next big thing to happen? People are going like, we're going to go to Mars? I don't know, flying mm, cars? Flying I don't think cars. anyone saw the internet happening. Yeah. Like no one's predicted that happening. And so we're scrambling to go, fuck, how do we how do we deal with this? Like how do we protect our kids from this beast that that we didn't say coming? And I, part of me often wonders what's next. Like what's the next thing that's yeah. coming up? Like I watch um, not a lot of episodes, but is it Black Mirror? Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Black, yeah. yeah, Black Mirror. And they have some pretty scary – scenarios for the future but i'm mm. like well how really like one of them i don't know if you guys have seen it the one where you can have microchips and you can and you watch your you can actually watch your memories you can sit back and watch your memories like it's a yeah yeah so you can go back and go when oh, i was three that and you watch it and and people um but then one in the story one of them the guy or the girl catches their partner cheating because they they have a memory of them talking to someone at a house party and they go back to the memory and zoom in on it so they can rip, they can lip read and oh, see what the person oh, said right, and they yeah. realised they were cheating by doing that and so I was like is Benji going to have a microchip that he can like go back and the other day I said to Penny in 80 years time like when Benji's 83 will he be able to go back in time to now I can get off my phone he might see me on my phone here <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. like is he going to be able to come back to this time will he be able to see this because of that memory thing so who knows what's coming next yeah. I haven't answered your question at all but no um, <laughs> but that's alright what Puritan future culture is going to have that technology and go back and catch you wanking in some, <laughs> at home and go you wanked this many times a day you're going to jail this is what I think about. <laughs> In fact, you know what I mean? What if it's like a puritanical and, and they've got access to your memories? Yeah. And, and that's, that's oh, the future Donald, future leadership. Like Donald Trump is just the is a he's like launching the future of that because there won't be in the past it was like, Oh, I better not do that because that means I won't be able to be president or prime minister mm. because they'll because it's on record. Now everything is technically no one will ever be able to be Prime Minister. No, 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 what no, we're saying right now, historical if, you, if you can hear me, future, I know that this is being played in a courtroom of the future as evidence. <laughs> I, can, I, I know it's happening. <laughs> so the jury who are listening to this, and I'm 80 and I'm sitting in the dock. It's a class action. It's Benji, my heart Tom, was right. <laughs> I meant well. I've always done the best I could. It's the kids taking a class action against us. That's what's going on yeah, in the what, what's, you know, for talking about their pooing their pants. Oh, You're gone, mate. That's, that's that story they, costs you at least 20 They're going to have to harden the fuck space up. <laughs> <laughs> do you have that? Do you have that chapter to your resilience? Hard the heart my, the fuck I, up chapter. I, I do. I didn't talk about it when you came to my show. Though. There is a part where I talk about how this generation of parents, yeah, quite seriously, has just gone. We are way too keen to um, fight our kids' battles for them. Like yeah. this, you know, it's it's got ridiculous. Like the level of 
um, how like it used to be helicopter parenting and now it's become they're actually fighting their kids' battles for them. So you guys would have been the same as me, but when I got in trouble at school, I'd always go, oh, shit, now i got to go home and deal with mum and dad. Yep. And I'd go home to mum and dad and they would back up the teacher 100% <laughs> of the time. Yeah. And I would say things to mum like, no, mum, it's not fair because this actually happened at lunchtime. So that's a mum would go, no, I don't care. Life's not fair. Deal with it. Right. And so I'd go and I dealt with it. And then I left school and things happened to me that were unfair. And I, I, I was okay with it. But now right. kids, are, they get in trouble. They go home to their mum and dad, tell them. And, and then the parents will send an email to the school going, just so you know, this happened at lunchtime. That's almost, that doesn't work. Parents have to be on the same side of the teachers if they want their kids to become resilient. Oh, yeah. Because if you do not experience adversity, you will not become resilient. Yes. And school's a great place to experience adversity because you've got so many people around you to support you and be there for you to pick you up. Mm. We are just so scared. Parents these days don't want their kids to fail. We failed all the time growing up, you whether it was tripping fa- yeah. over and cutting your knee, whether it was falling off the monkey bar because you're climbing too high. But parents these days are way too keen to wrap their kids in bubble wrap and make sure nothing goes yeah, wrong. Yeah, they want the kid in the helicopter with them now. Yeah, and, yeah, it's, that's yeah, crazy. and it's disastrous for when they get out because the world's not going to be as sympathetic. Yep. So they get out there and they do something wrong and they go to fucking jail or someone decks them. Yeah. You know, and, and we need to, like like thing I said way back, Scott, with you, that he's a stand-in for the world. He's got to at least, he can't be totally kind of compassionate all the time. No. They've got to have yeah. a sense of... Uh, yeah. What's, or, or, yeah, what, yeah. What's my child going to need in the real world? What's he going to? Yeah, exactly. And, the, the, and like, I mean, I see this in schools a lot. I think they're moving away from it a bit. But this, like, I saw at a mate's house the other day. He goes, "You'll love this. Have a look at this." And on the, he said, "Hey, mate, show Hugh what you got at school the other day." And he he showed me a trophy. I said, "Oh, what's that for?" And he goes, "High jump." And I went, "Did you win?" And he goes, "No, I came seventh. <laughs> and he had a trophy. <laughs> trophy. Yeah. So like Jesus. this whole trophy generation where kids get. A prize for turning up. Yeah, you yeah. don't get a prize for turning up in real life. Can't you do have to be really good to, to get a prize. Can't so do that. To if them, a kid does you? well, give them a prize. If they don't do well, say good on you for having a crack. And mm. and teach them to deal with losing. Yeah, totally. But it's the same with the internet thing. Teach kids how to deal with the bullying. Mm. Don't well. Mm. Don't just legislate and don't just ban the internet. Teach kids to. To, to treat that as it should be treated, which is that these are fucking assholes who say stupid shit and, and we have to, yeah. you know what I mean? It's got to be, yeah. it's got to come from both directions yeah. a bit because, yeah, they're going to get out there and you won't be allowed to do any art because you won't be allowed to say anything about anything. Characters, you know, writers will be sued for their their villain character saying something yeah. when they it's yeah. a villain. Like, where does it all end? Yeah, it's, it doesn't. That's Paper the thing. Paper thin like it, skin. Yeah. No one wants it to be. Tarquin's fault. Let's face it. Poor baby Tarquin. He cops yeah, it pretty got hard. It in. <laughs> but I've got it in for Tarquin. But but no one wants it to be Tarquin's fault. I cannot believe that my my sister in law works in a posh uh, a posh school as a primary teacher and is absolutely legendarily good at her job. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's phenomenal. Over all the years, hearing the stories about people. What's well, a girl's school, so I can't, it's not Tarquin. Well, I need a female version of that. Yeah. Tarquina. Right? Little Tarquina, you know, and it's just, it almost is half the work yeah. is dealing with parents, with parents. going, what's oh, going on absolutely. here? Like you've hired, you've yeah. you sent a kid to a private school, you've hired the best professionals in the field, allegedly. There's a corporation or, a you know, a system of management that are hiring the best they can yeah. to make the best possible product. Yeah. So just fucking relax. Yeah. If you totally. go to the best hospital, yeah. you don't start a war 
with the surgeons and everything, you have to trust them at some. But stage. even when you like, if I get when I get my tax done halfway through the year, I don't march into the accountant's office and say, "How do my tax like this?" I've got no idea what I'm talking about. Hmm. It's just we need to yeah. give our teachers a respect to go, no matter where they go to school. Yeah, this is not my area of expertise, and if they do something that's unfair for my child, it's going to be good for them. Yeah. And if they make right. a mistake. Well, I'll tell you now, they're going to make a mistake because they're yeah. humans and they're, we're imperfect. So they're going to make a mistake at some point. So that's, you know, bad So luck. on top yeah. of teaching them a, an unrealistic impression of the world, then they've also got social media mm. that trains them into this horrible regret and shame mm. and, and eats away at their... See, that's terrifying what you have said in your talk about that yeah. stuff and the way they use the same sort of... Um, mechanisms that gambling. I'm just praying that have things, that sorted yeah. by in the next couple of years before my kids get there. Yeah. Hey, um, Hugh, I know you're on a time limit here, so I've got to touch on this incredible story yeah. about resilience. Yeah, <laughs> if you don't mind. Go, go, and go. footy. Yeah, I I'm an immigrant. I arrived here when I was seven, which uh, and I already thought it was too late for me to play footy. Yeah, because I didn't know it wasn't good. So. I just want to say a huge thanks to Ozkick and the system now. I fucking love it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The system when I was a kid didn't give me that. But that's not what we're here for. Yeah, yeah. I lived my whole life up until my son played footy and I'm standing there basically last year always thinking that man up meant harden the fuck up. Oh, right? My whole life. And I'm talking <laughs> – Going I down, did too. watching the Saints play in yeah. the 70s. Dan, yeah, I told Dan I'm going, story oh, come before. On, goes, that's a bit goes, much. Yeah, so isn't that what it means? Leave him alone. So, <laughs> and it was so weird when I went to kids' footy and they were the coaches, they were normally loving and caring and very nice and they never say anything mean. Parents, everyone, all the nice Northcote parents saying, man, man up. up. The girls are playing in the other field. Man up. I'm going, fuck, what's going on? This is bizarre. <laughs> and it, it dawned on me that it meant, you know, get on get on your uh, opponent, so get, stick with your opponent. So, oh, so you knew that, Hugh? I, I did. Of course. Yes. Oh, God. Well, well, now, it, now it, it was explained by Port Adelaide. We were, we were <laughs> hoping to shock you. No, I've, very, I've played a lot of football, so I'm very aware <laughs> of that. And I, <sighs> I um, now that everyone's playing his own defence now, you might hear a bit less. <laughs> People aren't manning up anymore. Yeah. And so you just are you going to go to Hawthorne and shout them some free sessions so I did they that. can spill their guts I did and that you a, can love them again? I did that a few years ago and I, yeah. they were terrific, but yeah. I didn't have the – the um, ongoing stuff. Port Adelaide is an ongoing program. I go there a lot, whereas Hawthorne yeah. was just a one-off. And I got so nervous and I kept making mistakes. And I was like, oh, I think at one point I went, oh, I'm sorry. I just love you guys. I mean, I, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but uh, that's a good – I like that. <laughs> well, and I, I love the project, by the way. Just we, Thank we you. We do have to go, but um, your first episode of your podcast, do you want to name it? Yeah, so the podcast is called The Imperfects. And I've been doing – present talks for eight years and I'm just was keen to try something a bit different and I met a guy called Ryan Shelton who's a comedian he's very funny and um, he told me a story about his life when we met up and we became mates and it was not what I was expecting and I look at him and think oh he must have the most perfect life and then I realized he didn't and I thought like everyone he's got his issues and I thought gee it was, it was good for me to hear that a reminder no one's perfect plus I wish more people heard that and then I thought everyone keeps saying to me why don't you do a podcast and I was like I don't have any ideas I don't know mm. And then I thought of sharing 
the stories of well-known Australians and their mm. struggles. And um, mm. and so our first guest was none other than Missy Higgins, who I still can't The old lady. Yeah, that's it. My old lady. Anyway. Yeah, that's, that's it. <laughs> um, and um, we kind of – she was the first interview we did. And I – pardon me, feel sorry for the other guests now because she was just so open and honest about her life. I couldn't – I was sitting there – just going, oh my gosh, this is so much more than I ever expected from any guest would ever have. It was amazing. Wasn't I had it? to listen to it this, uh, last night and this morning, mm. and it was it was amazing. I, um, and now I'm just fanboy hanging for the next one. Yeah, well, the next yeah, one's a Port Adelaide footballer who's, yeah. who's had some serious issues. So yeah, and he was pretty. And that's going to be huge getting that vulnerability of footy players up there because that's such you know obviously he's yeah. got some. Yeah, Pretty totally. hardcore history. Yeah. No, Jack Jack Watts is the next episode. He's had an awful time in the media, um, mm. caught up in a couple of really bad controversies. A, a relationship he was in, um, he was messaging, somebody shouldn't have been messaging, and his girlfriend had a shared message account on the laptop, and she found it, took photos of it, and someone uh, got a hold of the photos and spread them everywhere. Oh, and so his breakup was very public, and then after that he got in trouble for something else. And it was just anyway. He talks really honestly about the fact he's still really struggling with the mm. fact he treated someone in a bad way that he loved, and so that's really good as and well. And then but, it's so massively public on top of all that. Yeah, like, like we've all made God, mistakes, haven't we? Like we've all fucked yeah. up pretty badly, but to have them that public and be in the in the paper every day and it must yeah, be just yeah. and the nature of it is it's kind of you know you're not, you're not seen as a human. Yeah, you're seen as, as like a it's a joke, it's funny, yep. and and the and the scandal is was you having a good time, yeah, you know, or whatever it was. It's totally it, 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 so people are willing to just go that that step further in uh, dehumanising it. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. It's a it's a fascinating. Um, yeah, but I mean, what Missy did was she just she made herself vulnerable and she said, "Here's the things that I've gone through throughout my life that." The feedback we've had, I haven't shared this with Missy yet. I need to find a way to share it with her, but. The people contacting us just to say, I needed to hear that so badly. I've been through something similar. I mean, Missy touched on all types of stuff through depression and through mm. purpose and sexuality. And it just sort of reached different pe people on different levels and different people are saying, I needed to hear it because that was so powerful for me. Gosh, that was just so – so, yeah, it's um, it's called The Imperfects and it's um, – it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's something I'm really excited about because I – you know, the more people who are willing to be like Missy and to be like you guys really who are being vulnerable publicly and saying not putting not curating a perfect version of your life on on Instagram, actually saying, No, no, my life's tough at times. This is why. It's the the better off we will all be. And yeah, it's yeah. it's gonna it's not only is it gonna be huge, it feels like it anyway, mm. but I just think it's gonna do a lot for everybody, well known people mm. and everybody to just stop this incredible we're on this like kind of mm. rocket ship to totally. hell as far as separating uh what's real and what isn't and well, fame and all that yeah, and, and it's going to do a lot it's yeah. going to be yeah. it's going to be huge having well-known people yeah with their vulnerabilities and people may think twice uh similar to the the idiot that you didn't like from aa suddenly liking him you probably right. like people like that that you meet yeah, yeah. in the future even if they're not him, you know, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. I think it's – I really think it's a yeah. super valid project. It's going to be amazing. Well, yeah. that, that's what I wanted for Jack Watts especially because he's got a lot of people who – he's a tall, blonde, good-looking, very talented footballer who didn't quite live – hasn't quite lived up to the expectations. Yeah. And so everyone just jumped on him and he said, I turn up to work 
every day and people tell me how much they hate me and how bad I am at my job. And he said, that takes a toll after a while. It takes a toll on your family, Fuck, on yeah, you. Yeah, totally. And he mm. said, and I remember meeting him and thinking, this is one of the most beautiful people I've ever met in my life. Mm. So I'm looking forward to people to hearing his story because I'm hoping it just opens people up to go, I've probably been a bit harsh on him. He sounds like a lovely kid. Yeah, yeah. And that vulnerability helps. Mm. I, I, I think I certainly won Missy over with my vulnerability when I um, – Shared my my uh, like when you first met her. When I first met her yep. with my, uh, uh, I just straight away told her about how I tried to be gay uh, for years in my twenties, and uh, and I so I so I regaled her with a tale of going to a men's sex club, and <laughs> and watching a circle jerk in the. <laughs> so I told her all the. I don't know why I came back from uh, from overseas and just told her this stuff, and she 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 thought. Well, this is different. Oh, she thought, I'm going to marry this guy. Yeah, she thought, I'm going to marry this guy. Because I think because most people kind of get all, so, yeah, uh, you know, bit, kind have, of have you, you writing any albums yeah. uh, lately? So I just told her that. It's a very uh, different approach. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure no one's approached her with that before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But luckily, it turns out I'm not gay. So uh, <laughs> yeah, you want to go out for coffee? Yeah. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Anyway, there you go. And, and, and whereabouts did you go out for coffee in Broome? In, in Broome, <laughs> yeah. by the way. I know Broome well. Where, where, did you, where, did you, like, where was your first date? Oh, I don't think oh, – that's a good question. I have no idea. It was a while ago. I have no idea. We were just, we, you know, we were famous in Broome, in, in Broome Library for a minute there. <laughs> I was famous for a second. People kept saying to me, it's just like Notting Hill. <laughs> <laughs> I've thought that already. Yeah. I've actually had that thought already. Because like, um, I was working in the library. and Because yeah. in a small country town, everyone fucking knows. So yeah. everywhere I went, they were like – They'd they'd get me aside and go, what's going on? Blah, blah, blah. I'm not joking. I've already I've thought that thought before. It was like else. a lovely, charming young man <laughs> in a bookshop. Yeah, yeah. A bookshop. Yeah. Anyway, hey Hugh, fucking thanks for coming in. That's a pleasure. Uh, Sorry, uh, we have to cut it off so I can go home and look after Benji. No, no, of course you <laughs> um, must. No, I love this podcast. What you do is is uh, really important work. So. I, it's um, it's a pleasure to, to be on here. And yeah. please come back with more stories to tell. I will about we'll more children about the second one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, let's, yeah, let's do that. When I'm a few months into it, we can. T- I'll yeah. come back and confirm that it's four or five times harder. <laughs> I want to hear about the moment when he when he realizes that she's not going away. Well, let's do it then. I'll, I'll come we'll, back we'll in do, yeah. when, when he when he the murderous look. Sure. Yeah. 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 I'll, I'll pick your brain about uh, how to. Uh, Man up, or? man! Get my kids to man the hell up, <laughs> <laughs> and 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 people should go and see you talk. You, what you're doing is so important too. It's, oh, it's helping you. me you. personally oh, uh, cool. a, a lot, of course, uh, in my uh, parenting uh, journey. <laughs> Fantastic! Well, thanks a million, Hugh. Pleasure, boys. Thanks, thanks for having you. me. Thank you. That awesome podcast was recorded at Castaway Studios in Collingwood. Here, we provide affordable, accessible, professional podcasting production facilities to the full range of podcasters, all the way from basic studio hire right through to full season production packages. You can get us on castawaycollingwood at gmail.com or just look up Castaway Studios on all the social medias.